Hi, and welcome to the Property Matters podcast. I'm Gareth Gibson, and I'm happy that you've joined me today. Please sit back, relax, and uh, grab a cup of coffee, tea, water, whatever it is. Or if you're driving, um, just try and absorb everything that I talk about. And uh, if you like this podcast, uh, recommend it to a friend, uh, subscribe, and I'll try and update as regularly as possible. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. So today I think I'm going to do another one. I'm going to do, uh, article reviews or article sharing. Uh, it was quite a big hit the other day actually. And I think it's uh, good to share this information with you. Um, And I've got to laugh because both these articles basically prove what I've been saying in many of my other podcasts. And this one comes from moneyweb.co.za. And the headline goes, buy to let market struggles as the best tenants leave. Rental inflation down to zero in March. And the article goes on to say that the residential rental market continues to struggle as it faces an exodus of more creditworthy tenants as the record low interest rate environment spurred them to buy their first homes. A clear spike in buying activity in the third quarter of 2020 from the FNB property barometer has since moderated as banks have all but serviced applications from low risk customers. Along with this underlying change in market households generally are under financial pressure. This has seen rental growth stall. The latest pay prop rental index shows a deceleration in the first quarter to zero year-on-year growth in March after an increase of 1% in January and 0.7% in February. On a quarterly basis, this is an uptick to 0.5% in Q1 from 0.2% in Q4. This comes after five consecutive quarters of slowing growth. So here they're talking about how people have actually leveraged the low interest rate to buy their first homes. So that's a shrinking tenant pool. But I'm going to read on to see if they also talk about how um, a third of the middle class was wiped out and that's also impacting the tenant pool. The number of tenants in arrears has continued to improve since a 30% spike in Q1 and Q2 of 2020. The reasons were obvious. Some were not earning any income, while others were either forced to take a reduction in salary or were uncertain about future cash flow. By the first quarter of this year, this had recovered to 20.3%. This is only one percentage point worse than 19.4% of tenants in arrears in the first quarter a year ago. The other metric tracked by pay prop for arrears is average arrears percentage. For example, an average arrears percentage of 80% therefore means that on average a tenant in arrears owes 80% of one month's rent. This peaked a quarter later in Q3 at 104.6% and has improved more slowly to 93.2% in Q1. Payprop makes the point that for a tenant to lower their arrears percentage, they must pay their full rent each month, plus some money towards their outstanding balance. And in the current economic climate, this is not easy to do. We are not at all surprised that that this is still much higher than the 78.5% measured before lockdown. We expect this metric to improve further 
albeit slowly. On a, long, uh, on, a longer, on a longer run basis, growth rates have been in decline since the peak at the start of 2017, and before that, 2013. Payprop seem, uh, says it seems unlikely that we'll ever see year-on-year -year growth rates approaching 10%, like we did in 2013. However, rental growth has been under pressure even before COVID-19 as a result of both slowing economic growth putting pressure on tenants' financials, and an uptick in residential developments in many urban areas, increasing rental accommodation supply. All things considered, we might not see a repeat of past patterns in the years to come. We may, however, see a gradual tightening of rental supply. In its April property barometer, FNB says that as pressure in the rental market intensifies, we expect more stock to be released into the market for sale. The combination of these factors is expected to have a dampening effect on activity and eventually price growth in the coming months. This article basically just talks about what uh, I've been saying. Now, I'm not going to toot my own horn. What I like, though, is that the facts are corroborated. Then, in other news, which I think if you are an ordinary South African, <coughs> whether it be a tenant or a homeowner, you're all aware of what is coming. And I just need to say one word, ESCOM. So this is another article by the business tech.co.za. It was actually published uh, on the 18th of May. And it says that price hikes to hit South Africa in the coming months. They go on to say that property groups have warned tenants to prepare for a hike in electricity prices from 1 July as the impact of ESCOM increases take effect at a municipal level. From 1 April 2021, the National Energy Regulator of South Africa, NURSA, approved ESCOM's allowable revenue from standard tariff customers to be increased by 15.06% for ESCOM direct customers. An estimated increase of 17.8% the supply of electricity to all new municipalities will be, will be implemented on 1st of July this year. The country's major municipalities will announce their individual increases to be applied from 1 July based on their approved budgets. Based on its 2021-2022 budget, the City of Cape Town has advised that the average electricity increase from 1 July will be around 13.5%. The city of Joburg and the city of Tuane have both cautioned that the hike will be closer to 14.5%. Etiquini in KwaZulu-Natal has said that its electricity prices could rise by as much as 14.9%. South Africans should ex also expect a number of other rate increases from 1 July, with the price of water expected to increase by around 5% across the major municipalities, with the cost of uh, sanitation and refuse removal also set to rise. <coughs> Unbelievable. In the article before, we spoke about how people were affected by COVID, having lost jobs, taking pay cuts. They can't even pay their damn rental. And now the government goes ahead and increases tariffs and property taxes. This is absolutely madness. And this would never have happened if the government didn't impose the lockdowns the way they did. The government's going to get a huge criticism. 
food prices. Economists have also warned of rising food prices in the coming months due to the soaring prices of key agricultural products used as inputs in the manufacturing of basic consumer foodstuffs. This poses a conundrum for food manufacturers about whether to absorb these cost increases or try and pass them on to financially constrained consumers. Fanning inflation worries, said um, John van Tuber. Can't pronounce his name. He's a sector for a sector head for consumer food and agri at financial services firm RMB. Food prices have already increased significantly over the past year, with several industry reports pointing to food inflation far above CPI. Data from PMBE JD's Peter Marisberg Household Affordability Index, annualized till March 2021, shows that inflation on household food basket is 12.6%. Consumers have also been warned to expect food prices to increase by a further 10% for this year. Most likely because of the recent fuel hikes and the run of the electricity price hikes throughout July. They impact the entire economy and all along the food value chain. And even when these prices decrease slightly, as is in the case with fuel, these savings are rarely passed on to the consumers. So there you have it, guys. A bit of bleak bleak outlook for the average consumer in South Africa. However, it's not all doom and gloom, as I have said in many other uh, episodes that I do believe that there is light at the end of the tunnel. This is just a storm that we all need to weather. And um, it is concerning on how much the middle class is being smacked around, being treated like animals. It's actually very worrying. Anyway, guys, have a good afternoon. Thanks for stopping by. So, you know, I just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone that has listened to this podcast over the last few, uh, the last few days, uh, possibly even the week. Um, the growth has been phenomenal. The response has been great. I uh, want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you. And uh, if you really do like the show or you have some recommendations of something you want to hear, please subscribe, uh, share this podcast out and leave me some comments and replies if you want to shout out as well. Everyone wants a little bit of uh, notoriety. So just leave me a comment or suggestion or something you want me to talk about and I'd be happy to listen. Have a great day further. Thank you.